Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to the episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff. So grateful to be your host today. And I am so grateful to have Nikki Young on the show today, who's going to share her experience. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. First of all, we're excited for anyone who's willing to come and share their story of raising children with unique needs. And you will be the first person on our show who's who's homeschooling their child and giving us that perspective. So I'm excited to learn more about that. But before we get started, I just want our, our listeners to know a little bit more about you. So, Naked Parent Nation, Nikki Young is the mother of three children. She lives in Las Vegas, Nevada. She has a four-year-old boy named Owen, a nine-year-old girl named Mindy, and a six-year-old girl named Kira, who has ASD and is nonverbal. Right. He was one of the only children who attended she was your only child who attended public school right and received services through special education program run by the school district however due to circumstances beyond your control you are now homeschooling for the past year and you're also taking on ABA and speech therapy which Sounds wild to me. So can you tell us a little bit more about how that all came to play? Right. So um, Kira was diagnosed with ASD in 2007 um, when she was, sorry, 2017, when she was almost um, two years old. She received services through the state up until she was three years old, and then she aged out. They recommended that we put her in special education through the school district, um, and she received speech therapy through the school. However, last year, um, when COVID hit, obviously the schools were closed and the services they offered us was kind of like a Zoom kind of thing for speech therapy and they wore a mask. So she couldn't follow along with the speech therapy because they had a mask on. So, And that only lasted for about a month. So I didn't want her progress to slow. So I kind of uh, adopted the speech therapy at home using like flashcards and, and um, uh, we have the Gemini system, things like that. Um, but then since I withdrew her from school last year, she was taken off the list for this year. So now we're kind of like waiting um, to see if we can put her back. But in the meantime, I've had to adopt ABA and OT as well because I don't want her to fall off the curve. You know, it's very, very difficult for ASD children, you know, to kind of have a break they have a break, you know, they can regress a lot in a very short period of time. So in order to maintain um, the level of progress that she's had, I've had to just take it on myself and just continue where they, uh, I mean, pick up where the school left off, you know? Wow. Now, are you, were you homeschooling any other children? Yeah. So uh, Sydney, my oldest, she's nine. 
I've homeschooled her since she was about four years old. So I've always had this idea that I was going to homeschool all of my children. Um, the only reason why I didn't homeschool Kira at first is because, like I said, I, I thought that I couldn't, you know, because I thought, you know, she had these special needs any special challenges and I, I didn't even know where to start them. So, you know, they recommended that I put her in school and I did. And I'm, I'm glad I, that I did because, you know, they gave me a lot of guidance and they kind of helped me um, for the information that they've given me. That That's kind of how I learned, you know, what I know now, you know, and taking other parenting classes and uh, parent trainings, things like that, reading a, a ton of books. Um, that's kind of how I came to homeschool her. So I'm like, I'm glad that she started off in school, but I'm also really, really glad that I started homeschooling her as well. Oh, wow. That's all in. No doubt about it. So maybe if we back up a, a minute, can you tell us a little bit about when you knew something? Is um, Kira your youngest? No, my youngest is Owen and he's four. Kira's my middle child. She's six. And when did you notice something was on a different trajectory, maybe? So funny story about that. We went to Legoland in um, California on a family vacation. And there's actually this little play area in Legoland where there actually are Legos and kids can play with Legos. And she did the... I forget what it's called, but she's kind of stacked all the blocks of the same color. And another mom told me, you know, like that's a sign of autism. And wow. at first I totally dismissed it. But then once she said that, all of a sudden pieces started to line up as far as like, you know, the lack of eye contact and kind of like the OCD tendencies. And then and she was still pretty nonverbal at two, which I, I didn't think much of it, you know, at that age. But yeah, like pieces started fitting in together and the, we took her to a developmental psychologist and they they diagnosed her with ASD. So like I said, it's kind of random that we found that diagnosis, but. Yeah. And in Nevada, is it difficult to get, get appointments or meetings, get evaluations or how is it, how is it in Nevada? Definitely. And in Nevada, there's, there's very few resources for ASD parents. There are waiting lists upon waiting lists upon waiting lists. Mm. Um, I think there's only, only one or two doctors in the entire state who are, who can even make the diagnosis. I mean, it's resources are not that, you know, plentiful here. So it's kind of like uh, I could put her on a three-year waiting list to get services or I have to do it myself, you know? I see. And so were you on a waiting list to get a diagnosis or do you still not even have one? We do have a diagnosis, but it took us quite a while to get into that appointment. And getting into a follow-up appointment is also like months and months and months and months and months down the line. So, yeah, so we're, we're kind of on our own right now. And how long have you had the diagnosis? Since 2017. 2017. Yeah. And so how did you react when you got the diagnosis? I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of kind of like a mourning period. Because I'm, I mean, I'm very, very big on education. You know, like I said, I homeschool my other children. It's kind of like that loss of possibility and loss of hope. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I don't know what her future is going to look like. And like I said, at the time, I didn't think that she could be taught. I thought she would never speak. So it's kind of like a loss of hope uh, when I first got the diagnosis. Obviously, I've, you know, I've come to terms with it now. And she is like the most, you know, cuddly, lovable little child ever. So, you know, it's kind of, a work in progress, which is like my personal mantra, my favorite quote. It's like everything is a work in progress. You know, it's like one day at a time and we deal with it. We roll with the punches. I like that. Because yeah, the, the quote that you gave us, um, all children are a work in progress. 
I, we never expect perfection from children, any children, even, you know, neurotypical children. We never expect perfection. You know, every day is a learning opportunity. You know, every day is a teaching opportunity. So we look for opportunities to help them grow and learn all the time. And we never stop teaching them. We never stop helping them grow. I agree. I agree. Sometimes, sometimes I get like out in out of never, never land sometimes. And I realize, you know, when I reel it back in, sometimes it's not as different. It's similar to it as it is with anybody, you know, all children are a work in progress. All children have unique needs, you know, and certainly there's some, some differences, but, you know, sometimes I make it more different than it really needs to be. I think personally. So tell us a little bit about the homeschooling. What are, what are some of the, the, the benefits to homeschooling an autistic child that you've... Well, the greatest benefit is actually, you know, watching her gears turn and seeing her get it. You know, I felt like when she was in school, obviously she was in special education, the emphasis wasn't really on education. You know, the emphasis was on like potty training and, you know, like, you know, getting a routine and things like that. So I felt like she would always be behind academically with her peers. So I have focused on that a lot as well. So it's like, you know, she she can read and she can do math, you know, like on the level of a first grader. You know, I, I'm making sure that I keep her on. Like she doesn't speak a lot, you know, but if I ask her a math question, she can tell me the answer. You know, if I point to the words in books, she can read the words, you know. So I want to make sure that I keep her on that level. So if, you know, if one day if she ever does, just, you know, just starts, you know, speaking in complete sentences, I at least want her to be on the level of her peers. I don't want her to be, you know, nine years old and she can't read and she, you know, does math on a kindergarten level you know i want to keep her with her grade level wow and you're able to do that is amazing you're you're um that's amazing and what are some of the the um maybe what some of the, the challenges or cons to homeschooling have you, that you may have found so the biggest challenge for me is balancing between homeschooling the other two children. Because like I said, my other two children are nine and four. So you have three different children on three different levels with three unique sets of needs. And, I, and I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I have a full-time job outside of the home. So it's wow. not like you know, I sit at home all day and we play with stuff. So it's like having to balance all three of the children and all their unique, that's that's the biggest challenge. But like wow. I said, it's rewarding when they I can sit down and it's like they all get it, you know, I can I can sit down when they're all sitting down. They're quietly doing their work. I'm just like, oh, like thank you, like it's done, like I did it, like it's all worth it, you know. Wow, it sounds that I got like a little anxiety just thinking about all the all the things going on. So, um, have you have you met with any other parents that are homeschooling um, uh, autistic children, or are you kind of alone on that one? I read a lot of blogs, but I, yeah, I don't know many people in person. A lot of people, they're discouraged like I was. You know, they're thinking that their child is unteachable. They're thinking that, you know, it'll be too difficult or, you know, their child has a meltdown. It's like, okay, now what do I do? You know, he doesn't want to read. And if I make him read, he has a meltdown. What, you know, should I make, make him stop reading? So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to encourage more parents to homeschool their autistic children. You know, I, I want them to know that it is possible. It's hard but it's possible. I like that. I appreciate that. And I have to admit that I I fall into the other side sometimes where I just feel like something's too hard or maybe it's not even worth it or not necessary to push. And, you know, and I feel like that's, you know, I'm, I'm making a disadvantage to my child in doing so. 
Because sometimes when I get great care uh, providers, they'll show me things that were possible that I didn't even realize were possible. And then I realized, wow, you know, I don't want to let my own child down. You know what I mean? So I appreciate that you're bringing this to our attention so that we can maybe open the door to the possibilities that we may have closed the door to. So you, you said that, did you know early on that your, that your child, that there was something different? When was Legoland? How old was your child then? Um, I think she was almost two. Almost two. So you knew from an early age that maybe that there was a, she was on a different path. Yes, and I did. And then you got the diagnosis at what age again? Um, a couple, couple months later. So still okay. same year, 2017. Okay. And so how's like, like, what does a, a, a difficult day look like for Kira? A difficult day is usually starting off with a meltdown because it's hard to get her to focus on anything when she's had the meltdown. I pretty much have to let, you know, let it ride and then start the day from there. So usually if she wakes up in a bad mood, I can tell that it's going to be a bad day. But I mean, the whole day is never bad. You know, it's just getting her back on track after a meltdown takes up a lot of time and it throws my entire homeschool schedule off track. But, you know, that's that's par for the course. You know, that's that's unavoidable. So you just have to roll with it. Is there any uh, indication that it's coming or is it random? Yeah, she, she's a part of a hair trigger. You know, it's like it could be any little thing, you know, like waking up and her favorite toy is not where she left it. Or, you know, I put her her juice cup on the wrong side of her cereal bowl. It could be anything, you know. So I just have to kind of prepare for it and make a note of like what caused last meltdown and not to do that again. And uh, like I said, just just let it ride out. What is your involvement in kind of helping her through something like this? Is there something that you can do to help her through it or is it a matter of time? Well, sometimes the deep pressure stimulation helps. Um, one of her OTs taught us that. It's kind of like she gets into a little ball and you just kind of squeeze her really, really, really tight. And that can help sometimes to calm her down. We also have a, a game, you know, where I, I hold her, her arms really, really tight and squeeze her. And we count down from 10. And when we get to one, she says, blast off when she's ready. Only when she's ready, though. If she's not ready, she won't say blast off. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. And um, what's something that you're excited about for Kira, uh, kind of on the horizon? What What are you excited about? I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to homeschool her, but I'm I'm every single day I'm excited to to try. Like I said, I'm I'm excited to teach her new math. I'm I'm excited to read new books with her. I mean. I, every day, like I said, is an exciting day for us. So I'm like, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm riding this roller coaster ride, and wherever it takes me is where I'll go. But until then, I mean, I'm actually enjoying this. I'm actually enjoying homeschooling her. You know, like as as crazy as that sounds, like I'm I'm enjoying every minute of it. It does sound crazy to me. I mean, I can't. I like. I I just hardly get to the moment where the school's here, and so you're making me feel. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm excited for you that you're you're going for this. Congratulations. Sir. So, so from the part where you're mourning to now, what, what, how have you gotten from that place to like this place where you seem excited and, and um, happy? Well, I think the breakthrough was because I secure for the most part is nonverbal. Um, she can say words, but she can't have a conversation with you. But when she was around three or four, the doctor told us that if she doesn't speak by the time she's five, she's probably never going to speak. But then when she turned five, 
she said mommy for the first time. Like, mind you, most parents hear mommy, you know, before their child is even one. Kira said it for the first time when she was five. And honestly, I thought she would never say it. So mm-hmm. the fact that she did, I was like, okay, there's hope. There's hope now, you know? Yeah. It's such a wild journey. It doesn't matter how many conversations I have with parents. It's just, there's so much charge. There's so much involved in this, you know? And I, I think it's also because I have the, the feelings, you know, of being a parent myself. And um, just kind of knowing the things that we're excited for and the things that, you know, are disappointing and there's so much to it. So how do you take care of yourself um, to, to be happy and, and, and grateful and these things that you seem like you're, you are? You have to, how do you care for yourself? I actually, as weird to sound, I have a schedule, like almost like a minute by minute schedule during the day. And I, I scheduled self-care into my schedule. You know, it's kind of like at, from 2.30 to 3.30, the kids go outside and that is mommy time. And I watch whatever I want to watch. And I, uh, you know, I can watch, you know, YouTube videos, take a nap, whatever. It's like, that's my time. And I schedule it for myself. And even though it's only an hour, it does make a difference. It really does make a difference. That's great. That's great. I hope you, I hope you always get that and and maybe more because it sounds like, yeah, you definitely deserve it. What's something, is there something that you wish you knew then that you know now that helped you any aha moments to share? Well, I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time, like hoping and wishing and praying and trying to make Kira like other children. Like my, when she, when she first got the diagnosis, my goal was to make her normal but you know but i realized throughout the day i I want to get her to a level where she can function like she is her own person she is perfect the way she is i just need to get her to a level where she can function she can communicate her needs like i'm not trying to make her you know like neurotypical children i'm not trying to get her to the level of my other children i'm just trying to make her be the best cure she can be and that's i feel like i said i wasted a lot of time trying to make her something that she's not. And now that I realize that she is who she is, like I said, the day is a lot smoother. You know, it's like, this is Kira, you know, this is Kira's level. This is, you know, Kira's thing. And she's on her own different, and I love it. And, you know, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I said, we can get her a little, a little more verbal, just communicating a little bit more. She can communicate food. That's one. That's her number one priority. She can tell you anything about food, but <laughs> we'll work on everything else later. <laughs> yes, the food. My, my son Rocco. Food. So, how about the other uh, the siblings? How do they? How does? How do they? Uh, how do your siblings interact, or do they interact? They do interact. Um, so Kira is the middle child and she is a typical middle child. I mean, she's a girl and, you know, my nine year old is a girly girl. So she'll do girly girl things with my older daughter. If you see them now, they both have like colorful little purple nails. And then my son, he's kind of rough and tumble and she will rough and tumble with him. Like they will roll around in the dirt together. So she's like the perfect middle child. Like she, uh. she mesh with kind of both of them at the same time. So like, like I said, just typical middle child, like nothing out of the ordinary there. She just, like I said, she just doesn't communicate as much as they do. That's okay. Cool. And is there a special moment on the journey that stands out? Like I said, probably when she said mommy. I literally cried. I literally cried when she said mommy for the first time because I, I thought it would never happen. I thought it would never happen. And when it did happen, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like she said mommy, like she knows who I am. She came up to me and she said mommy. And then after that, daddy followed and then grandma followed. So I'm like, she's she's getting there. She's definitely oh, getting okay. there. And it's really a sense of accomplishment that it's like I'm helping her get there. So 
Yeah. A lot yeah. of parents just like, there's nothing that I can do. And they feel helpless. And they, they think, you know, I guess this is just the way it is. But it's like, you know, I helped her to where she is now. So that's yeah. really feeling. <laughs> yeah, you, you sound like you worked really hard. And it sounds like she has a great mom. So you should be proud of yourself. So we do um, uh, like a little lightning round where you give kind of one, one word to one sentence answers just to get through some more questions and share your experience. You up for it? Yes. All right. What's the best advice you have received? To take it one day at a time. Because there are good days and there are bad days that they all kind of balance out at the end. Definitely. Share a personal habit that contributes to your success. Self-care, because if I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of my kids. So, Definitely. Do you have a top source or recommendation to share with other parents? Um, there's actually a book called Work in Progress that I got from, actually I have it here, that I got from Amazon. And this is like my Bible. It's not only about education, it's also about like behavior uh, management techniques. And I'm like, that's always helpful i mean even if you're not educating your child just to learn how to you know do with potty training and stuff like that so that's like my bible <laughs> cool what's next on your list that you want to add to your individual well-being more parent classes because i'm like i said i'm doing the aba at home and it's pretty step by step but i'm, I'm no by by no means am i a bcba so i need a little more parent training but uh i'm getting there so What's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it or had it? More federal funding for autism programs. Just there needs to just be more resources out there for parents. I agree. I agree. It sounds like you're doing an amazing job. What advice or guidance do you have to share with other parents out there that are on the similar journey? I mean, don't be afraid of your child. Don't be afraid you know, that you can't help them because even the effort to help them helps them. So that's a great point. I, you, you're very inspiring. You've inspired me in this conversation and, and just kind of like help me believe that there's, there's a lot more possibility than I always, than I necessarily think of, you know? And so I, I thank you for that. And I, I believe other parents that are listening will feel in a similar way. And I'm grateful that you share this, this journey with us. So you're going to continue homeschooling uh, for, the, for the near future, you're saying. And uh, do you plan on homeschooling your other children kind of the duration of their schooling needs? Or Well, I'm hopefully I can at least make it to high school. But, you know, now that I, meant, I think about it, I don't remember trigonometry very much. But, you know, there are resources out there. How <laughs> resources work? I'll homeschool as long as I can, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate you joining the show today and giving us that uh, the wisdom that you have and the and the spark of energy and excitement that you have. And I want to wish you and your family all the best as you uh, so much this journey. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. All right, you have a wonderful day. Okay. You too. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show 
where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.